Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you don't feel like you should weigh that, put that weight on your inner circle, call the hotline at 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest has a BA in theater and an MS in nutrition, bridging her biggest passions for food, presenting, and helping people. She has authored seven books, including the brand new Choose You Now Diet, The Health Span Solution, Plant-Based Nutrition, Idiot's Guides, and The Vegetarian Diet, and two peer-reviewed journal articles on plant-based nutrition for healthcare professionals. She is the host of the Choose You Now podcast. She was the host of the What Would Juliana Do a gay, uh, show, gave a TEDx talk and instructed for the eCornell Cornell Plant-Based Nutrition Certification Program. She's appeared on the Dr. Oz Show, Harry Connick Jr. Show, the Steve Harvey Show. She speaks and consults with clients around the globe. So without further ado, let's welcome the plant-based dietitian, Juliana Hever to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Juliana. Thank you so much, Rich. It's great to have you on here, and, uh, and I, I don't know if I can match up with Dr. Oz or Steve Harvey, but I'm glad to even be in the same conversation. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much. So, Juliana, I mean, I just gave a, a quick blurb about uh, about you, about basically your highlight reel. If you want to go into a little depth about how you made that turn to go into diet, being a dietitian, a nutritionist, and a little bit about your history and how we got to where we are now. Sure. I've always loved food and nutrition, kind of just fascinated me. I remember my grandma would say to me when I was in the, her kitchen, she would say, why do we eat bananas? And I would say potassium. Like I was all kind of trained to think about nutrients. And then me and my sister would play the little cereal box game in the morning where she'd say, how much calcium is in here? And I, I would always know. And she thought I was sneaking down in the middle of the night to check and memorize the cereal box labels. But I just always loved it. And also, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I was a dancer. And I was an actress, like a lot of people here in Los Angeles. And I was often told, like even at starting at age 11, 
that I needed to watch my weight and my snacks. My teacher called out in front of all my, my peers in my ballet class. And so because of that, I started reading and reading and reading. And I wanted to know everything there was about diet and weight loss. And then I got really inter interested in body image and all of that stuff. And it just kind of unfolded over a course of a lifetime. But when I, I was about 16 years old and I stumbled on a book called Diet for a New America by John Robbins. And I learned about how food ended up on the plate and all of the other implications associated with how we eat. And I was blown away. So then I wanted to not eat animal products and I didn't know how to do that. And so it just, I just kept studying and learning over the many, many years. And as an actress, I was looking for a side job. So I thought, oh, I'll become a personal trainer because I love that too. And as soon as I became a personal trainer and I graduated from undergrad, people were asking me questions about nutrition. And I didn't want to just spit back information that I had memorized from a chapter in my personal training handbook. I wanted to know why I was saying what I was saying and what really was the truth. I was kind of in search for the answers, like what are the true secrets to nutrition and diet and all of that. And so I quickly signed up for graduate school and that was it. I fell in love, love, love. Like it was the first time in my life I loved school. I was getting straight A's for the first time and I found my calling. And then as soon as it took me seven years because I was personal training full time, and I had my, my baby, my daughter, and um, finished grad school. So then I quit personal training and I just started digging into the science on nutrition and converted my practice over to nutrition. And then, then I started talking about plant-based nutrition and then everything just started flowing. Like I was asked to write my first book and then I was asked to be on the Dr. Oz show and I had my own, like everything just started unfolding because I just, I found my, my path and everything I was so passionate about that it was just, I just love my career. I, I just unfolded kind of without planning really. So it's kind of a happy accident, basically. So that's awesome. And uh, you kind of went on that ride and uh, you made decisions based off uh, reading a book and seeing what, and based on basically uh, body shaming through a life uh, that most uh, young girls go through it more than guys, but, or guys just kind of brush it off until they're older and say, man, that guy used to call me that, but I didn't understand why. But girls kind of take it to heart a little more. And I know uh, my daughter was bullied a lot in school and she made the choice to become a vegetarian in junior year of high school on her own. I wasn't here. I was deployed overseas and I got the email saying that. And I was like, no, we're meat eaters. You, you can't do that. What are you doing? That's not us. And, but I mean, she's been doing it now, I think 10 years now. So she's, she's well into it. She, she loves what she does now. And she's also a personal trainer now. Good for her. That's wonderful. And it's great that you supported her. Yeah, I had to, I, just, I figured I had to learn how to cook for her to make sure she was eating enough. And then, cause she was still playing soccer at the time. So I, I went and tried to find recipes and, I had a friend, one of my, my buddies, his wife was also vegetarian. I said, tell me what you cook so I can cook for her and make sure she's still eating right. And stuff. So I did everything I could to help her. Now she does it all on her own. Good dad. That's awesome. <laughs> so I guess that was my dad points for, for that part of life. <laughs> I was gone so much. Yeah, no, so, it's hard. And my yeah. parents didn't support me at all. And I, they took me away from it and they were worried about me and there weren't resources like there are today which is why I feel really honored that I've been able to provide new resources for people like that, that want to do it at a young age and don't know how to do it. And, um, but it's, it's never been a better time. It really did get popular. Like I called myself the plant-based dietitian before that was a thing. And now it's really a thing. So things have really evolved over the last 10 or 15 years. And uh, yeah, my daughter too, she's been a lifelong vegetarian and on her own, on her own volition. I just think it's so cool. You can see your work uh, right in front of you there. That's awesome, too. That's almost <laughs> a trophy as you walk around. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. 
And so last year, well, yeah, a year and a half ago, I got diagnosed with something called alpha gall. I got bit by a tick and no longer can eat meat. So that made my daughter very happy, especially, she said, oh, now you can eat with me. I said, I've been eating with you, just not the same stuff. Now we can eat, so we eat the same stuff now. So. Okay, you're the first person I've actually met that had that happen to. I've read about it in the news, but I never met someone that has actually gone through that. It, it was a shocker to me. I, I, I had a lot of pains uh, after eating, I think, a, a Philly cheesesteak I ate, and I I fell on the floor. I was almost uh, gasping for air. So I, I wrote my doctor on a severe circular message and he wrote me right back. So you got to get a blood test tomorrow. I got a blood test and he messaged me back at nine o'clock at night. So I knew when I got the message back late, it was bad news. No matter what, uh -huh. if you get the doctor's message that late at night, it has to be something bad. And I was, oh man, I've been doomed. And so I've been adjusting to that life now. That is amazing. Well, it's good for your daughter. <laughs> yeah, she gets a win. Yeah. Yes. And it's good for you because obviously there's really amazing research on the long-term advantages of eating a plant-based diet. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise, really. Definitely. And I mean, I was, I was overseas in Korea and they basically don't eat a lot of meat there. Most of their meals are heavy vegetable and a little bit of meat, unless you go to a high style, high class restaurant where they do the galbi and stuff, but most of them have a lot of vegetables. So we'd eat all that and I wouldn't think about it. Like the kimchi and stuff like that. It's all vegetables. You eat all that and you have no problem with it. And you never think that's what you're doing until when you can't have the meat anyway. So you know, I can just eat all the kimchi now. It's just all eat all day. My wife will be unhappy, but it'd be great. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I was looking on, uh, I think it was on your Instagram, and I seen like the little board you had on there. And there's a thing about potatoes. I mean, me and my daughter love making different colored potatoes and stuff. We used to call it color matching potatoes. Why should why should everyone love potatoes? I seen that on there. I knew I had to ask that here. Why should people love potatoes? I know potatoes get such a bad rap, but they're they amazing foods. <laughs> they're so good, and everyone loves them. People think they're not supposed to eat them because they're quote unquote fattening, and people kind of call them carbs or whatever. And they're not. They're just a vegetable, a starchy vegetable, and they're known scientifically. They've been shown to be the most satisfying food, so they're super satiating and satisfying. They are very versatile. You know, you can make all sorts of things. You can make, I'm making mashed potatoes tomorrow and you can make, you can make air fries and fries and you can make um, casseroles and hash browns. And there's so many delicious ways to incorporate potatoes. So it's a real versatile food. They're also very portable. I take them when I travel on planes all the time because they're just really satisfying and yummy. You can take all the different flavors and different colors. Like you said, all the different colors. And they're just wonderful, nutritious foods. And shockingly, here's a fun fact. Pota white potatoes, the plain old carby, you know, everyone thinks they're like not healthy at all. They actually have a better amino acid score than 90% lean beef, which is quite shocking gram for gram. So you're actually getting some protein, you're getting some folate, some vitamin C. It's really a wonderful food. And you, you get full when you're eating them. If you're eating a whole potato, you're going to get full without even putting adding any all the other stuff people put on them. But you, yep. I've seen there's a potato place here called Tater Heads and they make these mashed with these loaded potatoes with everything you can possible put in there. But by the time you get all that, you have a potato and then almost a whole meal on top of it. But if you just eat the potato, you'd probably be full too. Totally. That's the science to show that it's the most satisfying food. Yeah. Because of the fiber and the water and all of that, the way it, the way it absorbs in your body, it's just very, very satisfying. So yeah. And yeah, I love yeah, make jacket potatoes. You can do all sorts of things with them. And I also seen uh, on the Harry Connick show, you made a, was it a, a mustard or something with the potato? You made a sauce with oh. the potato. Yes. Well, it a was a, it's a butternut squash. It's a yeah. cheesy, but it's my famous cheesy butternut squash sauce because it's like a spicy 
creamy, cheesy sauce that kind of emulates cheese, but it's obviously a lot healthier. And it's so easy to make. I think it's five ingredients. See, that, that's awesome. See, people don't think you can eat healthier and have good food with a, a vegetable-based or plant-based diet. And I think you're showing the world that through not just your books, but every all the appearances you do, plus all your work, yeah, all your uh, stuff online and everything like that. You're very easy to find online and it's not hidden what you're putting out there. Well, thank you. Yes. I also looked up myths about the plant-based diet today. Uh, num number one uh, is one I hear all the time that being vegan is expensive. Mm -hmm. Can you squash that one? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so funny how everyone thinks that it's expensive, but like you could have an expensive diet, no matter if it's omnivorous or if it's vegan and anything in between. And you could also eat very healthfully on a budget. And actually the healthiest foods, vegan or otherwise, are staple foods. You know, legumes, right? Beans and lentils and peas, rice, really, and they're pennies to the dollar. And gosh, food is so expensive these days. Like I just I can't even get over the prices now. But these are the foods that are the most uh, staples that are healthy. They're really versatile and you could do all sorts of things with them. Just add some sauce or seasonings at home. And they're the most budget friendly. So you can go to somewhere like a big box store and buy like big cases of those things, get a big bag of potatoes, a big bag of rice. And there's so many ways to do it on a budget, but you're actually doing yourself a favor and eating healthier when you do so. So I always say you could do either way, like you could make a PB&J as plant-based, right? Or you could make something more exotic and make it more expensive on a plant-based diet as well. But you could also do the same thing on an omnivorous diet. So there's, depends on if you use convenience foods, if you're using uh, where you're shopping, if you're really being mindful of you're shopping like if you prepare what you're going to make ahead of time if you make lists and then you go shopping and you stick to your list rather than wasting food that really helps as well but there's a lot of ways to eat healthy on a budget and on a plant-based side it's super simple definitely that's one myth already destroyed right there of the five top myths the second one is you don't get enough protein when you're a vegan right oh everyone is on this persistent <laughs> pursuit of protein no matter what i just had a client like oh, this kid <laughs> Everyone wants more protein and protein, though we need it, it's, there's nothing magical about it. And it's just because something is good doesn't mean more is better. And so people are really on this constant pursuit of protein. And because of that, I think it leads to poor choices when it comes to diet, because you have to look at the packaging, right? So people associate meat as protein, like they think it's synonymous with protein, but meat has a lot of fat in it. It has heme iron in it. It has a bad kind of fat in it. It has other things in it that promote chronic disease. Whereas you can get the same protein in something like a bean or a pea or a lentil or broccoli has protein and you're going to get it packaged together with the two most health promoting disease fighting nutrients, fiber and phytonutrients. Those are the things that fight disease. You know, they're anti-inflammatory, antioxidative, antimicrobial. So they're going to support your immune function and you get those exclusively from plants. So you have to look at the full packaging of what you're eating and people pursuing protein, eating all this meat, they're getting all that bad stuff and none of the fiber and phytonutrients because there's not any of it found in animal products. So that's one component. The other component is that all of the essential amino acids are found in all plants. You can find all of those amino acids found in plants. So there's plenty of protein to go around. We don't need as much as we think we do. And you're better off getting protein from sources that include all those health promoting nutrients and don't aren't you know loaded with the stuff that promotes disease definitely and i think you in answering the first two you already i think you already crushed myth three that it's very restrictive to be a vegan 
Right. Well, when I started this 18 years ago, it was kind of challenging to find recipes and to figure out what to where You couldn't go to a restaurant and just order something quote unquote vegan, or there definitely wasn't a thing called plant-based, but now it's everywhere. Like you can go through the drive-through at all, almost every single major, even fast food restaurant and get something that's plant-based. So it's super easy and it's super versatile and it's, there's everything. I always say now everything you could eat, I could eat vegan because there's now vegan versions of everything, butter, cheeses, um, ice creams, cookies, candies, cakes, but that's also a problem because I'm now seeing people that are coming to me, vegans that are coming to me with very similar health issues as omnivores because they're eating all of that processed food. So you're better off going back to those staples that I was referring to before on a budget, you know, legume, dry legumes and whole grains. I, I always say, I want you to eat vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices in infinite tasty combinations. And there really are infinite tasty combinations. You could do cuisine from around the world. There's curries and Japanese cuisine and African cuisine and all sorts of different types of cuisine with different flavor profiles with very similar ingredients that offer you unlimited variety. So you're crushing these myths right here. Only two to go. Let's see if you can keep knocking them out the park. This one here, and I know you're going to get riled up on this one. There's no health benefits to veganism. Oh, well, so a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet is the only diet that we've ever actually reversed um, long-standing, like acute and the worst kind of cardiovascular disease, like advanced stage cardiovascular disease and type two diabetes. We've actually reversed it. In fact, I had a client this week, got rid of that diagnosis of diabetes and got off of her blood pressure and blood cholesterol medicines. And oh. so there's also associations with reducing your risk for those chronic conditions, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, type two diabetes, uh, certain cancers, renal disease, all kinds of kidney diseases, um, gastrointestinal diseases. It is incredible how powerful this one size fits all diet is. And the literature keeps on growing. It's like, Every day there's new studies that are popping up showing the advantages. So there's no question that it's health promoting. If there is a question of what exactly constitutes that, like, again, you want to stay away from the processed foods, which is why I say whole food plant-based rather than just a vegan diet. I don't like the word vegan because it's an exclusive definition. It means I don't eat animal products, but a whole food plant-based diet means a diet based on whole plants. And that's where the benefits are, are coming from. See, I knew you'd be passionate on that answer right there. I felt it coming. <laughs> And being vegan is too hard. Right. Well, anything is hard if you're changing your ways. So basically, it's like learning a new language. I don't know if any of you have learned a new language. I'm going back to Spanish the last couple of years, and I'm just trying to master a new language again. And it's like, you know, you have different ingredients that maybe you've never tried. Like maybe you've never even tried, you know, brown rice or, or caviar lentils or jackfruit or something that may be even more exotic. But, you know, it doesn't have to be exotic. So you're basically looking for new letters and words in this new language, and then you're stringing them together and making recipes. Now, again, in 18 years, now there are hundreds of thousands of recipe books that are all plant-based. You could go into type into the search engine, plant-based, whatever you love to eat, lasagna, burgers, whatever it is, and you'll find so many options. So it has never been easier. And so you take a recipe that's already been done because there's no reason to reinvent the wheel, and you can make delicious meals and you learn how to do it. And it's like learning a language because you start to, you know, develop your fluency and your, you have a repertoire of recipes that you love. And now most of us only rotate through the same recipes. Most of us eat one or two breakfasts, maybe three or four lunches, 
maybe five or six dinners in a week. That's it. So you just need to find eight to 10 recipes that you love that are plant-based. And by the way, things like spaghetti marinara is plant-based or peanut butter and jelly sandwich is plant-based. Just, you just have to kind of like restructure what you think of as plant-based and just kind of redefine it. But with time and practice and consistency, it becomes absolutely fluent and it's not hard anymore. See, awesome. You, you just destroyed the top five myths uh, of uh, vegetarianism or veganism in, uh, in less than 10 minutes. I hope the audience was able <laughs> to, to get that and understand what you were saying and what you were picking up, what you were putting down right there. When you said uh, being a vegan is restrictive, all the things that have come out. I went to Walmart the other day and I used to love beef jerky before I was uh, given the alpha gall disease syndrome. And they had, uh, I think it was beyond meat, uh, jerky, plant-based jerky. Yes. I bought it. It, was, it was horrible. But I tried it. I said, oh, it's jerky. I mean, I can try this now. And I took a bite. I said, I can't, do it. I can't even do this. They, this is something they should have never done. But there, it's there. Everything's there. Everything has been turned it's around. It's so funny you say that because I was just on a, a road trip and we found um, my friend wanted to get beef jerky. And I kind of switched out the beef jerky because I saw that. I didn't even know Beyond was making it. And he's like, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. So he tried it. He's like, wow, this actually has the same texture as beef jerky. And I haven't had beef jerky in I don't know how many years. <laughs> but I used to love beef jerky, and I actually really liked it. So I guess it depends on uh, your perspective. But we both liked it, and he wasn't even plant-based. <laughs> Maybe if I didn't know what it was, it would have helped me out. Maybe. <laughs> I, I went into it thinking too much about, oh, this is going to be great. I'll have a replacement. And then it didn't yeah. happen. Oh, well. I, I was happy it was there, and uh, I'm glad. It's someone will eat it because it's all gone today when I went in there. So someone was buying it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so also on your uh, Instagram, i seen uh, another board about immunity. How do we strengthen our immunity just on the plant-based diet? Yes, immune function is obviously front and center right now for obvious reasons, and it's always important. But what we're learning so much about immune function is that the gut microbiome, the bacteria that live in our gut, which is like 10 times the amount of cells, like we are more bacteria than we are human based on the cells, our cells. It's like 10 times the amount of cells are bacteria in our gut. And we need to feed them in a, in a way that makes them happy because those gut microbiome, those microbes, those bacteria that live in your gut determine a lot about your immune function. And what do they thrive on? Fiber. And fiber is found exclusively in plants. So eating a plant-based diet rich in fiber is going to give your gut bacteria the really healthy prebiotics, the fuel that will make the healthy bacteria flourish. And that will get rid of the pathogenic bacteria, the bad ones, the bad, the ones that cause disease. And that's how you basically keep perpetuating this beautiful microbiome that's going to help improve your immune function. So it's really important, not to mention things that are really hard on the immune system, like sugar and a lot of animal products. Those are really harsh on the immune function. So you're basically flooding your system with things that make your gut microbiome happy, and you're getting rid of the stuff that will cause the bad microbes to grow. And so it's a win-win situation because of that. But definitely eating a plant's eating lots of different varieties of plants will give you a variety of wonderful fuel to set the stage for healthy immune function. Awesome. That's a great answer right there. Again, hope they're picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's like for me, I have the alpha gall. I'm allergic to peanuts. Uh, uh, getting wounded in Afghanistan made me allergic to fish as well and any omegas. So I have all very uh, restrictive right now to what I can eat. Do you have any other clients that are kind of like me, uh, very restrictive and you have to really plan to, or, or do you just plan based on just the plant? Oh no. I mean, I have people with a lot of, there's so much allergies right now. I, I always talk about how, when I grew up with my father, who's like really allergic to nuts, like he has anaphylaxis to nuts. 
and we used to have to explain it at a restaurant. It was like a big deal. Like, no nuts, it'll kill my dad. And now everyone's allergic. And I think we're at the tip of understanding immunology and that includes allergies and all of that stuff. Like just even with respect to the gut microbiome and everything, like we really don't understand allergies and intolerances and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people are dealing with things of that nature and people just have interesting issues to different foods intolerances for different reasons. And so it's always possible to work around it. I mean, obviously there's ways to work around it where our bodies will survive, but um, you know, you just have to make it individual and, and, and take care of what you, what your goals are. Right. And for peanuts, I, when I was young, I, my mom would always make us peanut butter and jelly because we, we were lower middle class. That was easy. And I would get sick all the time. So I wouldn't eat it. You know, she'd get mad. And I kept telling her, I think I'm, something's wrong with me. Something with the sandwich is making me sick. No, no, no. And when I finally got diagnosed in the army, uh, probably in year 2000, I got diagnosed with it, uh, being allergic to peanuts officially. She still said, no, that's, that's what's wrong. There's no way anyone's allergic to peanuts. So she didn't believe it at all. I had to really bring the doctor's note back to her. Even as an adult, I had to bring her a doctor's note saying that peanuts are bad for me. I can't eat them just to make her happy. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Things have changed a lot. Yes. And then we went to, we went to Thailand in uh, 2009, I think. It was New Year's. And I had to bring a card written in Thai saying I'm allergic mm -hmm. to peanuts. They do a lot of cooking with peanuts. They do. Like, the restaurants like they get all scared and then they, they bring someone that can speak English with me and, and tell me what I can eat. <laughs> yes, yes. You have to be really careful in a country without with a different language. So I understand. So that, having a little uh, a little translation card helped me out a lot. And having a, a staff at the restaurants was really good that understood it and brought someone that can speak with me and understand things. Yeah, that's really nice and accommodating. But so, the Thai people are like that. It's so wonderful there. Yes, it is. We had a great yeah. time there and we had a personal tour guide. So it was pretty awesome. Wow. I love it there. Love it there. Korea, the China was China was nice too for the parts we were allowed to see. It was nice. What they let you see. So, right. It was nice. That's awesome. So when you're uh, bringing a new client on, what tips do you give them to come on and uh, tackle this and become, uh, I guess, a, keep moving forward with their, their plans to go into the plant-based diet. So I won't work with anyone unless they're ready to work with me. Like I really wean out my, the people that reach out to me because I want to help people. And when I first started this, I'm like, I'm going to help everyone. And I was like trying to convince people and trying to explain, no, look at the study and look at this and this is that. And I realized, why am I not so effective? Like I'm not doing what I wanted to accomplish. And I, I always, I took it all personally. So I realized, wait a second, I just need to like find the right people that I can actually help. So I know the right questions to ask when people reach out to me to see if they're ready. And it's not like I'm telling everyone they have to be vegan. I never say that, but I'm like, you know, if this is what's, this is what is going to happen if you do this. And this is what's going to happen if you do that, because I've been doing this for so long and I've worked with thousands of people now that I know what, what the trends are and what to predict what's going to happen with them. So they come to me with a certain goal and I help them meet that goal, but they have to want it in order to accomplish it because changing your diet while it's simple it may not be easy especially if you're not interested in doing so a lot of people are like just give me the pill i don't even want to deal with it and then it's like you can't even have the conversation you know i have a lot of people in my personal life that are like that my father for example doesn't want to hear what i have to say rather take the medication and pretend that diet doesn't matter so it has to be it has to be someone that's interested in learning and open and wanting to make some modifications because again there's a learning curve and it's not so easy at first because you're changing everything you know and that's my what my ted talk was about it's like you know food is everything it's not just nourishment it's culture it's 
your relationships, it's your religion, society, your love languages. It's like so intertwined with everything about our lives that you have to be willing to change it and let go of some of that in order to get to some of these goals. And so, you know, I always tell everyone, I will love you all the way through the process as long as you want it. And then we can make it happen. Definitely. If that's with anything, if you don't want to change, you're not going to change. You're just going to go in and check that block. Say, I went to Juliana and she didn't help me. That's it. She didn't want to help. So I left. And that's what most people do because in in order to affect change, you got to do things. They say like 14 to 21 days of doing something different will make that change uh, remain permanent. If you don't want to go in and do it, you're not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So, So Juliana, how does someone get in contact with you to, answer those questions from you to see if they're ready to be with you or just learn more about being a on a plant-based diet. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. You could find me at plantbaseddietitian.com. And like you said, I'm all over social media I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that. So if anyone wants to reach out via that, that sometimes, sometimes it's hard to reach me because sometimes those messages get lost. But if you go to my plantbaseddietitian.com page on the, there's a contact page, which goes directly to me. Awesome. And that website is going across the bottom right now. It'll also be in the show notes when this is released. Juliana, thank you again for your flexibility and uh, and being on and sharing all this advice with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. Take care. You too. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 